this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son, but you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the Where's the lamp yeah, I mean, you really don't make friends around here, do you? I... I didn't come here for that. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Innes, and this is episode 14. I hope everyone's having a wonderful day. I hope you all had a great week since we last spoke. I had a really good week. Um, It was, well, I guess it was kind of up and down. It was a really busy week, so I had off on Tuesday and Wednesday. I took off PTO um, because I was going to Charlotte on Tuesday, which is like a two-hour drive. Um, So I drove to Charlotte and back because the And That's Why We Drink podcast had a live show there, and that was really awesome. The show was really good. Um, The people, well, there was like one person at my table who was really nice and the other two people kind of like didn't talk to me even when I tried to. Um, my cat just jumped on the back of my chair, so I'm sure the mic picked that up. That's what that sound was. Um, <laughs> there was one person at my table who was really cool and nice, and he was a little bit introverted, so I'm also a little bit introverted, so it was kind of hard to keep the conversation going, but he was nice, and he answered all of like the questions when I talked to him and like asked him and tried to like start a conversation. And the show was really good. And I had meet and greet tickets, so I got to meet um, the hosts, M and Christine, and they were both very, very nice. They were very sweet. And of course, I had to tell them that I had a podcast, because like, what else are you going to do when you like meet two like podcasting idols? Um, So who knows? They could be listening to this, and if they are, I very much appreciate you guys giving me a chance. Um, So yeah, and then I had off on Wednesday as well, because I knew I'd get in late. Uh, but honestly, I didn't even get in that late. I like got in at like midnight, like right around midnight, and then I stayed up until like 1 a.m. And then the next night, I stayed up until like 1:30. It's not like I even drove from anywhere. But I have off, I had off on Wednesday, and I got a massage, which was wonderful. It was my first time getting a massage. I just like knew I needed one. My back was so just tense, and I was. I was like, it's time. So I bought a Groupon um, and I had a great experience. I was super sore the next day. My friend told me that I should have drank a lot of water immediately. So live and learn. Um, But as soon as like the soreness kind of faded away, I realized that all of these areas that were so like tense and hard and just like constricted were like loose and soft and like, I don't know, I haven't felt like this in years. So I'm convinced that massages are magical. Like I've tried going to the chiropractor I tried myofascial release but honestly like this massage has like made my chest my sternum where I have my costochondritis feel better than like anything else honestly I'm just like I'm so converted right now that I'm like I'm convinced that I have to like get regular massages and I don't really have the budget for that but we'll we'll see what I can shift around and um make do But the other thing that happened last week, which was kind of like the down, um, so I had the vet come and check the cats out, and Salem and Kitchen were both fine. I don't know if I've ever said the names of like all three of my cats before, but I have three cats, Salem, Kitchen, and Miranda. Yeah, I know, Kitchen is a weird name. Just message me if you want to talk about it. Um, And Salem and Kitchen were super fine, but the vet looked at Miranda, and she has kind of one eye that's like speckled, different colors. Um... And it wasn't always that way. I knew that 
the eye was changing colors but I thought that it was something that was like totally normal because I know that she has spots on her mouth that like have gotten darker over time and I knew that that is normal so I just assumed it was the same kind of like discoloration just in her eye but the vet said no um so we're taking her to a specialist tomorrow to see and yeah I'm honestly um I'm really proud of myself for actually recording this right now it's Sunday night and I just was like kind of distraught after I got the news on Thursday that we should really take her in to see the specialist so I kind of procrastinated till the very very last minute but I like watched the show today and I like wrote my recap and I took all my notes um so it might be a little bit of a shorter episode because it was um one of those shorter shows but still I'm sorry and the cats are fighting it's just gonna be a very cat heavy episode my husband's asleep it's like 11 20 at night I just figured I can like knock this out right now before I go to bed I was gonna. I was thinking about waking up early tomorrow morning and doing it before work, but honestly, I know myself, and it's very hard for me to get out of bed in the morning. Like I straight up, my alarm goes off at seven, and then I don't get out of bed until at least seven forty-five because I just know that I need those forty-five minutes of just being on my phone, usually on social media, which is a habit that I don't love. I wish I could like be reading or something, but occasionally I'll read if I'm like really into a book like ooh, when I was reading Holly Madison's book let me tell you I was reading that every available minute that was so good (laughs) so anyway I'm very proud of myself for getting like I was I realized that I had time to just get on the mic and knock it out so I'm doing it now hopefully this is a good episode hopefully you all enjoy um I wanted to talk about something because it will be related to something I'm doing soon I'll give you more information hopefully next week if everything goes according to plan Um, But I wanted to do something TLC just to like be a little bit of a a link to that. Um, But not like the sweet, pure, the learning channel version of TLC. Like when it was more or less, I guess, still when we did Trading Spaces. No, see, I wanted to do like the good old trashy exploitative TLC that like I came to know and I came to love. Like especially in my high school years. So this week we're talking about My Strange Addiction. Um, So we'll go straight into the background, which there isn't a lot of, but I did just find some interesting fun facts, I guess we'll call them as well. So My Strange Addiction premiered on TLC on December 29th in 2010. There was um, a pilot episode that had premiered a little bit earlier that year, I think it was in May. I think the pilot episode was almost broadcast as if it were just like a one-off special. I think it featured three different people who had these different addictions, as they call them. But it got picked up as a show. I remember I like definitely watched the special, the pilot, and I watched like the premiere. I was very into this show. Um, So it featured all of these people who had uh, unusual compulsive behaviors that were labeled as addictions. Very few cases on the show would actually show like medical, what would be classified as like a medical addiction, a true addiction, um, rather like substance related or behavioral but they had like a variety of basically all these other psychiatric diagnoses. So they had a lot of people who had obsessive compulsive disorder, PICA where they were eating things that weren't food, paraphilia, um, exercise bulimia. There was someone who was addicted to exercise, quote. Um, People who had body dysmorphic disorder and were addicted to various plastic surgeries, skin picking and hair pulling, things like that. Skin picking and hair pulling have those like specific like psychiatric names, but I straight up can't pronounce them, so I just like changed them in my notes. Um, overall, it was kind of ri- widely regarded as like trashy, but 
I don't know, I would call it a guilty pleasure. So TV Guide called the series maybe the most entertaining freak show on television, which, I mean, the freak show channel really was like a phase that TLC went through. I remember when I was in high school, I called it the Looney Channel for a little bit just because there were so many different shows that were just like featuring people with various conditions and, you know, just conditions that they had to live with either like physically or mentally with my strange addiction and then they had all of the various like little people big world the little chocolatiers I think was one just you know people with dwarfism and other types of I don't know challenges like I I don't want to this is like I don't know John and Kate plus eight just like having eight children (laughs) personally to me that would be like a challenge I don't I don't want to say anything offensive I just I don't want any kids let alone eight kids but yeah TLC was just like I don't know it was exploitative it took these people in these situations and some people who are very vulnerable and maybe it paid them so maybe things like little people big world and things like that where it went on for seasons and seasons and seasons and the cast you know ended up rich because of it but my strange addiction these people were only featured in one single episode and they were paid but not a lot so it just seems like I don't know it was it was a time of TLC where it really was quite insensitive to things um and the New York Daily News even called it the most disgusting reality show on television so I'm I, I I vacillate between the two where I do think that it's like maybe the most entertaining freak show on television yeah but it also is kind of disgusting that these people are being exploited and then there have also been some concerns raised about the authenticity of some of the cases especially the ones involving excessive consumption of harmful materials like gasoline um, household cleaner there was one person who ate glass um, another person who was addicted to I guess eating vapor rub So, yeah, just, like, how have these people been able to survive having eaten these things for so long? And it's kind of interesting because several of the people, I I watched several episodes, and in several of the episodes, these people had been doing these harmful behaviors long term, and sometimes, like, that meant consuming these things for, like, a period of years, and they would go to the doctor, and in every episode I watched, the doctors all checked them out, and they were like, yeah, you guys are fine, but stop still um so yeah it's just like how is that the case if you've truly been drinking gasoline for multiple years so yeah that was basically all the background that I could find um other than some additional fun facts so the first little fun fact is that Trisha Paytas I think that's how you pronounce her last name Paytas Paytas um of like YouTube fame I guess (laughs) Um, she's known for being controversial on YouTube. She was featured on an episode, which was, I believe, the pilot episode. And she was an excessive tanner. Um, also, Venus Delight from RuPaul's Drag Race was featured on an episode about being addicted to plastic surgery. There was a person in season one, um, April Bucker, who claimed that she was addicted to puppets and that her uh, afterwards her career as a ventriloquist took off because she was on the show and got that exposure. But an unnamed source allegedly, you know, we'll keep all of this legal, um, allegedly told Gawker, and also I don't know if we can even trust Gawker as a source, um, they told their, them that, they, that she had faked her addiction, 
quote-unquote addiction to puppets as a way to, of getting fame, fortune, and attention. For example, in the episode, um, the woman claimed that her fiancé gave her an ultimatum. It's either him or the puppets, and she chose the puppets. But she apparently wrote a blog post stating that he cheated on her with his ex-fiancé like his, or his ex-girlfriend, so she kicked him to the curb. Uh, there was also a living Ken doll who I think might have been in the same episode as Venus. Or maybe that was the Justin Bieber lookalike. Oh yeah, it was probably the Justin Bieber lookalike because Venus Delight was supposedly a Madonna lookalike. Um, but there was a living Ken doll and he almost lost his nose to gangrene after plastic surgery. I, Upon further research into this, I think this was after the show. I don't think this had anything to do with his episode, but there's just a fun fact about one of the people who have were featured and there have been claims from uh multiple people featured in the footage are featured that the footage was manipulated to twist the storyline but i mean you know welcome to reality tv folks um so for example one of the people this is one of the people that i watched actually her name was lauren she was addicted to being a furry i guess like wearing a fursuit um but she did an ama on reddit and she basically said that Originally, she was contacted, and the show was kind of billed as just like, hey, it's going to be about people's kind of weird hobbies, and they were going to show off the fursuit that she had made. And she thought that it might be a good opportunity to like showcase a positive aspect of like furry fandom since the media kind of portrayed it so negatively. But they really kind of extrapolated heavily on the footage that they shot of her and really like twisted the storyline into this thing that she was this shut-in who like couldn't function in society after her father died and she like couldn't really do anything without her fursuit on like she didn't want to go out she would go to like family functions all and all of this stuff whereas I'm pretty sure TLC just like made her put the fursuit on and go bowling with her family and she probably would not like have done that in her daily life ever and she says after she was on the show, she's only worn it twice and she only wears it at these like annual furry conventions. She doesn't go out and about with it on. Um, so they really kind of just twisted the narrative on that. So that, I mean, that, yeah, really kind of makes me question the overall integrity of the show in general just because that's a pretty big leap from, hey, this is like a small hobby that I like go to a convention, you know, once a year maybe. And like I enjoy making this thing, like crafting it with my hands. Like I think I, I think anyone can respect that, you know, regardless of how weird you think the thing is. Like the act of making something and finding that enjoyable. Like I think that's pretty universal. But yeah, she's like a normal person. She like has a job. She goes to school or she went to school at this time. She has a boyfriend, you know, a healthy relationship. So... Maybe my strange addiction isn't quite so trustworthy. <laughs> what, this is exploitative TV show isn't trustworthy? How strange. So anyway, how I went to pick this episode in particular, the one that I'm about to recap. Like I mentioned, I did the furry one. I thought maybe doing that, but the like the B story, I don't even know if it's a B story, just like the other story, um, was a person who like ate couch cushion and... The eating ones are hard for me. The couch cushion wasn't as hard as some of the other stuff that I scrolled past. I also was watching this show as I was eating dinner. Yeah, that was a bad idea. I should have known better. Um, but yeah, I didn't want to do the eating ones. Those are kind of hard for me and I figure they're not pleasant for other people to listen to either. 
So I didn't want to do that one. So I watched a few different episodes, mostly from season one and season three. But the one that I decided to do is really, it's a classic. It's from season three, but these clips have been like used in the advertising all over. And I think this story really blew up when it was featured. So yeah, we're going to go into this. So it's My Strange Addiction, season three, episode one, Dating My Car slash Baby Powder Addiction. We open on, like, before every episode, we get a warning about, like, this program depicts addictive behaviors that are dangerous and risky in nature. Viewers should not attempt. Which is really funny to me because none of these things ever seem appealing for anyone to attempt. It's always eating shit that you shouldn't eat or, like, snorting shit that you shouldn't snort or doing antisocial behaviors that you really shouldn't do. I'm not, I don't know, I'm not trying to throw shade on the furry in this one but I'm thinking about the person who like dates a sex doll and like treats it as like a real person and the lady who was addicted to smelling her doll head I watched a lot of my strange addiction in high school you guys I really enjoyed this show growing up so every episode features these two different people and it kind of cuts back and forth between the two but I think I'll just go through them individually so the first person that we'll talk about is Nathaniel who is the the infamous dating his car person um so this is I wrote down Royal Arkansas but in another article that I was reading it said Royal Arizona so I truly don't know if I misread that or mistyped it or if that article was incorrect but anyway Royal some state um, he's 27 years old at the time of filming, and he's in a serious relationship with his car. So yeah, I mean, a lot of these, like, they use a lot of the same clips over and over again, which is something that I noticed in both of the segments. Like, it was just the same thing. So I really don't think that they spend a lot of time with these people. So who knows if this guy really is dating his car. <laughs> like, if they, you know, really only spend, like, a day with these people and they turn one tiny thing into, like, this huge, like, addiction that takes over their life, like the furry girl said, then I wonder, I wonder what the truth is here. But we, like, see some of these clips where he, like, walks out to his car and he, like, says, hey, baby, and, like, leans over and gives it a kiss on the hood. Um, We get a voiceover. Nathaniel's in a serious relationship with his car, who he's named Chase. They met at a resale lot five years ago. Now, this is is where I want to point out that as, as exploitative as this show is in general, the whole production is rather sensitive to, like, this situation. And they always treat Chase with, like, the respect that I think Nathaniel, like, would want. So I do think that that's nice. And in that vein, I'm going to do the same and just kind of, you know, treat Chase as if he is a character and not just a car. Um, So Nathaniel's kind of, like said or sorry no he said that it was love at first sight um and that his obsession first began as a teenager and he would like build model cars but he never really fell in love with the car until he met chase um and he was showing chase off he says that he likes the like curves and he like shows off this like one dip in the hood um and how he finds it sexy uh i know i'm trying to be sensitive but like it's 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 hard i'm sorry you guys um shows how he likes to kiss and caress the side of the car it's also weird, I mean, it's also weird because he's, like, getting off on this, so it's, like, weird that, like, he's showing this to someone and, like, also experiencing sexual pleasure while he's doing it. That's just, like, not something that, you know, people do, <laughs> I would think. Um, 
we get a talking head from his roommate, Kim, and she kind of just says that she was shocked when she found out about it and how she found it really hard to understand. We get also, like, interspersed throughout these episodes, we get these little black screens with just various information, um, either about the situation or just things in general that it would like us to know. So it gives us a definition of objectophilia, which is when a person develops a strong emotion and sexual relationship with an inanimate object. And it also gives us some like notable examples, I guess. So it says attractions to roller coaster, elevators, and even the Eiffel Tower. So that reminds me, I've seen another special, which I'm pretty sure was also on TLC, about a woman who was in love. Well, she was married to the Eiffel Tower previously. I don't know if they were just like separated or whatever, but she was in love with the Berlin Wall. And she was like spending the night in the Berlin Wall, and that was very exciting for her. And I think it must have been like a TLC special, and they got her the opportunity to like go and spend the night in like the guard tower. But yeah, her name was... I think like Rachel Eiffel or something because she married the Eiffel Tower and she took its name naturally as one as any traditional lady does. Um, so Nathaniel says that he doesn't know why he feels this way but he's like just he, he'll always love Chase uh, that they like the same type of music. They even have a song together Can't Fight This Feeling by Ario Speedwagon. Um, he, he treats Chase like, you know, he says you would treat your husband or your wife. You know, he likes to give Chase gifts. He wants to do something special for Chase on his birthday. I'm assuming, I don't know what his birthday would be. Maybe the day that they met at the resale lot, but I would assume that would be their anniversary. I'm trying, I just don't know what the birthday would be. I didn't realize that until I like wrote it down and I was like reading it back out loud right now. Um, but he says the thing that they like to do for his birthday is they go to the lookout area and he just likes to like lean against him and, you know, like kiss him and caress him. Um, and I notice here uh, also that Chase's front en- emblem is blurred out. So I don't know what model car he is, but I did find in another article that says he is a Chevy Mon- Monte Carlo. So who knows? Maybe that's true. I'm sure someone who knows cars could look at it and tell me, but I definitely don't know what a Chevy Monte Carlo looks like off the top of my head. Um, So that's all just like kind of the innocent stuff, I guess, Uh, the innocent side of their relationship. So now we get to learn about the sexual side. Um, So we see some really uncomfortable scenes. TLC is just like laying it all out there for us. So it shows him behind the wheel and he's just like caressing the wheel, um, asking the car if it feels good, you know, saying you're a very handsome man. But, like, while all of this is going on, you think they could put some, like, nice romantic music? No. It's, like, the dramatic music that they use, like, when someone's, like, their addiction is harmful. So it's just, like, this very shady music that they have while he's trying to make love to his car. Um, so in another scene, he's, like, demonstrating how he likes to, like, lean across the hood and give him kisses. So he's just like, yeah, I, like, lean up against the fender and then I bend over here. And then uh, one of the more bold positions is for me to be underneath him. He really likes that, he says. Uh, So it shows Nathaniel, like, lying underneath the car, like, with his head sticking up so that he can kind of, like, lift his head up and um, kiss the fender. And he says it's very special to make love to Chase. So that's that. Um, At this point, Kim has a voiceover, and she just says that she's worried for her friend because it's not normal. 
Kim is like a really good friend. She's his roommate. Um, they, she seems to like just accept him for who he is, and like her main concerns are just how people are going to treat him if they were to find out, because she knows that it's not something that most people would understand. So I don't know. Kim is Kim seems like a good cookie in his life. So the narrator says that Nathaniel is so attached he hardly lets anyone else drive Chase, and he's never away from him for more than twenty four hours. Um, Nathaniel also says that he's like started crying because he's missed him so bad before and that he keeps a picture of Chase as his desktop at work so that he can see him all the time. We see like a picture of his like laptop open and sure enough, yeah, it's it's a picture of the car. Um, it bothers him when the car gets dinged or scratched and, you know, he says that if anything would happen to Chase, his heart would just stop. And like, as he's saying this, he's getting so emotional that he starts to cry and he has to like take off his glasses and wipe his eyes. So he's like really feeling it so I don't I don't know maybe like this episode isn't fake I just I really want to know I couldn't find a lot of information about what happened like I couldn't really do a where are they now so I I really wish that there was more information out there on like what happened after this and so Kim like I mentioned is one of the few people who know the full extent of his love life Um, and Nathaniel says that he doesn't tell a lot of people because he doesn't know how they'll react which is you know probably not a bad call Um, The narrator also mentions that his biggest fear is that it will affect his job as a customer service technician. I don't know. Like, what would you do if you're a customer service technician? Like, I'm assuming that just means people are, like, calling in and he's, like, answering questions and stuff. Right? What, What else would it be in that job description? So how would people know what he's doing? Or I guess, I mean, I'm definitely assuming that... If his boss found out, he's worried that he would get fired, which is fair. So I guess that was a dumb tangent for me to go on. I'm sorry, guys. I'm tired. It's, you know, close to midnight. This episode might get a little bit woozy. We'll see. <laughs> um, also, if I haven't mentioned it previously, they say this, like, at every point when they cut away and come back to, to Nathaniel's story from the other story. But it's always like, Nathaniel and Chase have been in an intimate relationship for nearly five years. Or it's like, Nathaniel and Chase have been in a secret relationship for five years now. Just like things like that. So they, by the way, they've been together for five years. So mazel tov. It's a, that's a pretty long, long way. Um, Kim is worried about how he will hold up with people or hold up when people hear about his relationship. And he wants, she wants him to get help. She just like wants him to see a psychiatrist or I guess rather a psychologist, just a therapist to talk. Um, and figure out, I guess, what to do if people treat him poorly. It's kind of funny because they're, like, sitting on a couch together for this whole conversation. And it's, like, very awkward and, like, obviously staged because she's just like, oh, hey, how's Chase doing? Is he running all right? And Nathaniel's just like, yeah, he's running great. And she's like, hey, remember the first time you told me about your relationship? I was shocked. But, you know, I always accept you as a friend. So it's just, like, kind of stilted and awkward. But it's sweet. Um... She also asked, like, oh, well, what would you do if a stranger walked up to you? Like, how would you describe your relationship? And I was just like, you shouldn't. <laughs> a stranger should not come up to you and ask you, like, please tell me more about this relationship that you have going on with your car. But um, I guess, I mean, he says that he, uh, he'd he say that he's in an intimate relationship emotionally and sexually and that there's a connection that's indescribable. And I just don't think that you should say that to a stranger. I think it's okay if you want to hide your relationship a little bit. You can you can wait until you know them better. Um, but he does say that he's worried about people finding out. 
So yeah, uh, Kim just tells him that he needs to go see a therapist so that he can like deal with other people's like reactions. And then they hug, but it's kind of funny because he, she's like sitting down and he is also kind of half sitting down, but he kind of like gets up a little bit to lean down and hug her. And it's just like a very awkward hug. Like this whole scene was really awkward. Um, so we see in the next scene that Nathaniel has decided to reveal everything to his father. There's a little talking head with Gary, who is Nathaniel's dad, kind of just explaining that Nathaniel invited him to come here, but he doesn't know what's going on. He just knows that he has something to tell him. So Nathaniel's standing by Chase the car, and he's, you know, kind of like wiping his hood down, cleaning him with like a rag or whatever. And he kind of just like comes right out there and says it. He tells his dad that he's in an intimate relationship with Chase, and he tells him, yeah, it's sexually and emotionally. And poor Gary, he just, like, looks at him and uh, he repeats, he just says, you're in an intimate relationship with your car. And his dad asks how he can have sex with his car. Uh, This whole scene is so uncomfortable. It's just awful. I feel so horrible. I mean, I feel pretty bad for both of them because this is just, like, a terrible situation to be in. But I feel really bad for the dad. So... Yeah, the dad, I mean, he asks, I I always say, like, do not ask questions that you don't want to hear the answers to, but he asks how you can have sex with a car, Um, and Nathaniel tells him mainly it's just rubbing up against the car, um, and that it involves masturbating as well, and then Gary just makes this really high, he's like, hmm, hmm, like, he has no, no idea what, like, how to react at all. I don't know, how would you react if your child came to you and told them that they were in a intimate sexual an emotional relationship with an object. I feel like, yeah, I mean, it's not hurting anyone. So, like, I don't want them to be, like, hurt. I don't want to judge them or anything. It's not, you know, it just doesn't bother anyone. But at the same time, it is unusual. I guess it would just take me some time to get adjusted to. If, if I knew someone like that in my life, I'd probably be able to get used to it. But in the abstract, it's really weird for me to con like as a concept. Um, sorry. So yeah, Nathaniel's like leaning right against the car, and Gary asks if he's like turned on right now, and then Nathaniel says yes. So like poor Gary again. Um, and yeah, Gary just has this another talking head where he says like it's hard to imagine him sitting in a car somewhere like masturbating to it or with it. Which the with it, like, really got me. I thought that was funny. And so Gary asks if, like, this whole situation is because, I guess, him and his, like, him and his wife got divorced, Nathaniel's mom. Um, and Nathaniel says that maybe that played a, a small part into it. They do not extrapolate that on that, like, whatsoever. So I guess Nathaniel's not too concerned about digging deep into that whole trauma, wherever that is. Um, and Gary asks, like, I don't mean to be mean, but, like, have you thought about seeing someone? Um, so, yeah, Nathaniel is saying that, yeah, he's going to see a therapist, but it's not, he doesn't want to change. He just wants to, like, learn how to deal with the people or, like, get some insight into it and just, you know, kind of learn how to deal with it. So they hug. It's actually pretty sweet. And Nathaniel says that his dad took it better than he expected and he's happy with his life. So he doesn't want to change. So Nathaniel goes to see the therapist. Um, He meets with the psychologist named Ken Clark. 
And yeah, Ken's just like, well, what brought you in today? And then again, he tells him, I'm in an intimate relationship with my car chase, emotionally and sexually. Like that's his his go-to, you know, elevator pitch, I guess. The poker face on this therapist is fucking incredible. Like he does not blink an eye. He does not have a hint of like a micro expression of what the fuck did this guy just say to me. He just nods and he says okay and then he's like do you feel like you guys are a couple and he's like yeah very much so. He's like okay yeah can we go outside and meet Chase and he again he's like very nice and very respectful like everyone else pretty much has been in this entire episode. It's actually very nice especially considering this came out in what 2012 so I mean things were just you know a little bit less progressive than they are now. I say things are like more progressive now, but look who's fucking president now as compared to then. So who fucking knows? Um, So yeah, they go outside and they meet Chase. Uh, They see the car. Um, And Ken basically just has a talking head saying that for Nathaniel, for Nathaniel, God, I'm tired. For Nathaniel, the biggest negative is going to be rejection and social stigma and that he's worried that he's going to like lose his friends and his support network and then he might lose his job because he's not acceptable socially, basically. Um, And so, yeah, they just like check out Chase and he asks him a few questions and then back in the office he asks if he's ever had a boyfriend or girlfriend and Nathaniel says he's had girlfriends before, but it's never worked out because a piece of him is just attached to cars. And so at this point, um, Ken tells him, he's like, well, this may just be like a sexual orientation. There's not a lot of like research done into this, but he goes on to say, there's essentially heterosexual and homosexual. And then there's what we call objectum sexual, people who have a desire for a relationship with objects. And so I just had two comments on that. First being, ah, yes. The three orientations, of course. And then, again, just like, fuck bisexual. Fuck. Fuck bisexuals. Am I right? Just, what? I don't know. Fucking bisexual erasure. Fuck it. <laughs> um, but, again, it's not It's not relevant. But he's like, oh, there's only heterosexual and homosexual and ob- object sexual. Like, there couldn't possibly be another one or multiple other ones. Whatever. Um, so yeah, Ken asks if he imagines Chase as a part of like his life for the rest of his life, and Nathaniel says that he would like that. Um, and so yeah, he basically is just saying like, well, your main challenge then is that people are going to view you as perverted, and it's just your how are you going to deal with that moving forward? So Nathaniel seems like pretty happy to have talked to Ken and says that he's going to um, continue seeing the therapist. So this is basically like the end. We get like the final black screen. That's like the where are they now basically within the episode. This is the only one you get. So um, yeah and it just says Nathaniel's relationship with Chase is stronger than ever and that he plans to continue seeing the therapist. And so there is like a little bonus scene. Um, This is as the credits are rolling. So the other story has also ended at this point. But uh, as the credits roll we get this little scene of Nathaniel with Chase Um, And he's just kind of explaining, like, oh, well, you know, like, I like to kiss him and caress him, but, like, the sexual urges, they weren't there right off the bat. Uh, It really was about a year after we met that, like, we got sexual, and it took me some time to build up confidence. So, I don't know, just make of that what you will, just an interesting little story. So the second um, person that's featured, I guess, I keep wanting to call them contestants, but they're not competing in anything. I just, like, the second subject of the show 
I guess, um, is a woman named Jay. She is 28 and lives in Houston, Texas, and her addiction is that she is addicted to snorting baby powder. Now, snorting, I feel like, is maybe not the correct word for what she actually does because snorting really, like, it, it just, like, I don't know, conjures up a, an image of her just railing a line of baby powder, which isn't the truth. She really enjoys the smell of baby powder, so she, like, basically just puts it in her nose so that she can, like, smell as much of it as possible. So I'm sure she's, like, inhaling a good bit of it just by the fact that she's putting it up there, but a lot of it falls back out, out of her nose, and I think the main idea is just to like get it in her nostril so it's like coating her nose so that when she breathes she smells the baby powder um so yeah she says that her addiction began 16 years ago started with her just rubbing the baby powder all over her body but eventually that like wasn't strong enough for her so she would put it closer and closer to her nose until eventually she just just shoving it up there um and now she snorts baby powder 10 times a day and she says, like, when she gets home, like, she can't wait to be with her baby powder. She, like, she can't wait to get home and, like, snort her baby powder. Um, and we, like, see scenes of her doing it. Shows us how she does it. So she's, like, sitting, like, with a bowl of baby powder in her lap. And she takes a spoon and she just spoons these large piles of baby powder just, like, directly into her nose. Um, and, like, ah, it's just, like, I can't breathe watching that. It's very uncomfortable maybe not as uncomfortable as watching some of the food things because I'm a, or the not food things I should rather say just like the things that people would eat but because I'm a little bit more squeamish that way but yeah the baby powder thing is kind of hard to watch um so yeah she says packing it in her nose is the best way to smell it and if she breathes it in deep it'll get down into her throat and it'll start to burn but that it doesn't bother her any and that's just oh it's so horrible I really hate this um yeah she's just like spoonful after spoonful she'll like put it in her nose and it kind of just like falls out and then she shows another way that she's tried snorting it where she just like squeezes the baby powder bottle directly into her nose just kind of like a poof of powder kind of comes out into her face just like a sad little spurt but it would be funny the way it just comes out and hits her face if it weren't so fucking dark so there's also baby powder just like all over her entire apartment. Um, she only does it in her bedroom, she says, but it gets everywhere. And so we see her like beating on her bed and beating on the pillows and just clouds of white dust are flying up and it's all over her floors, in her kitchen, it's on her counters, it's on her appliances, just everywhere. Um, and she said that in the past, friends have thought that she was doing drugs before and she had to explain that it was baby powder, which I don't even know how you explain that. Um, and so we get one of those little black screens which tells us that some types of baby powder are made with talc and that large, like inhaling large amounts can lead to respiratory problems and lung cancer. So her thing is like a lot more real than Nathaniel's is. I mean, not real in the sense that like they both exist in the same way, but real in the sense that like hers has way more direct and dire consequences. She even says that, like, she's seen on the back of the bottles where it says it can cause breathing problems, but she's not concerned. Um, she thinks it's embarrassing, so she hides it from her friends, but she doesn't think it's harmful. She's, she's not going to stop. So she basically has decided to confide in her friend Larry about her addiction. I'm pretty sure this is just something that happens in every single My Strange Addiction episode. There's, like, a friend or a family member that they just, like, have to tell because TLC needs to film something for probably, like, three days that they're there. 
Um, so Larry is blind, so it's not like he can see, like, her house and all the powder that, like, is all over the place. So he comes over, and they sit down together in the backyard. He asks how she's been, and they just have, like, again, another very awkward, stilted conversation, much like the one with Nathaniel and his roommate on the couch. Um, so she, like, has the world's most awkward segue, and she's like, well, yeah, you know, I just, I just got back from the store. I had to get some baby powder because I was almost out. And then he was just like, why Why do you need baby powder? You don't even have a kid. What are you using baby powder for? And so she tells him, you know, well, I really like the, the smell of baby powder and I like to put it up my nose. And so he, of course, is like shocked because that's a fucking weird thing to do um, and kind of asks like how she does it. And she explains the whole like bowl and spoon method and how she packs it into her nose and she doesn't think it's a problem. Um, and he's very sweet. I mean, he says that he doesn't dr- judge her, but he is worried about it as a health issue. So, um, and, you know, she's saying, like, well, I feel fine. I haven't felt the effects of it on my body. And he says, well, you we shouldn't need to wait until you feel the effects of it on your body. <laughs> because something could be very wrong by then. And he encourages her to go to a doctor. And so then the next scene is her friend Denise coming over basically to confront her um, on the extent of her addiction. And she asks her, you know, how long have you been doing this for? She tells her 16 years. She asks her, like, why have you been doing it for this long? What does it do for you? And Jay says, you know, she kind of, like, her walls go up immediately and she gets defensive and says, like, well, that's not something I want to talk about because you're just going to judge me. And her friend says, you know, I'm not being judgmental. I think this is a problem. I think it's out of control. So, you know, Jay is being really defensive. She's fighting back. And so her friend says, okay, you know, you, you think this isn't a big deal? Then do it right now. Show me. Show me how you do it. Um, Jay doesn't want to do it at first, but her friend, like, really is, like, cornering her and saying, like, if you don't think it's a big deal, then you need to do it and show me. And so, yeah, she, like, demonstrates how she does it for her friend. She gets the bowl out and she, like, takes the spoon and spoons it into her nose. Um she has of course like white powder all over her face as the conversation goes on and her friend Denise gets really upset and starts crying because she loves her as a friend and she just knows that something's wrong and she really asks her to go to a doctor so Jay says that she'll go to a doctor and you know she'll have an open mind for what the doctor says but that she's doubtful it'll change her mind so that doesn't sound like an open mind to me Jay so in the next scene, she, she goes to the doctor and she meets with Dr. Pasha, who is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Um, and she explains to Dr. Pasha that she has been sniffing the baby powder and, you know, like takes this the spoon and like to, to pack it into her nose. Um, the doctor says that he's worried about the talcum in the powder because it will cause lung cancer or it, it can cause lung cancer. Um, and that he wants her to like go ahead and just get a CAT scan so that they can look at her lungs. So... She goes downstairs to get like her her scans done and the doctor says that he's shocked basically that he has like a talking head. Says that he's shocked because he's never had a patient tell him that they snort baby powder before. Um, And yeah, if she like aspirates it into her lungs, she could die instantly, he said. So I'm just, yeah, it freaks me out to hear that and I wonder what, I mean, I guess she wasn't breathing in as she was putting it in her nose so she wasn't really snorting it but just like, ugh. It's, it's wild. So she gets her imaging done and she comes out. He shows her the scans. There's very dramatic music and he's hanging it up and explaining like, okay, well the black is the like lung tissue. And then it shows the scans and it's like all black. And he's like, yeah, um, it's all clear. 
She like doesn't have any damage or anything whatsoever on her lung scans. And then he says like, well, your sinuses are starting to show mild changes that could be due to inflammation from the baby powder particles. But yeah, basically there are no significant damages to her lungs or her sinuses. And Jay basically calls him out on that and says, okay, so no significant findings that this has caused any serious damage um but he tells her like don't take this as an excuse to go home and do this um he does say like I don't want you to take home the message that your exam was normal because that couldn't be further from the truth which doesn't seem true because again it seems like her exam was normal but the fact that she does this is not normal and she should not continue to do it but she tells him point blank she says you know after 16 years of doing this I am gonna continue to do it So we get our black screen um, and it says Jay is still addicted to snorting baby powder and she has no plans to stop. And that's it for my strange addiction. Um, And unfortunately, like I mentioned, I can't do a where are they now because I could not find anything on Nathaniel and Jay. But instead of doing a where are they now, I decided that I'm going to do a what I hope for them. Um, So I hope Nathaniel is happy and fulfilled in his relationship, whether that's with Chase or another car or object or a human person. Um, And I hope that no matter what, he has a lot of friends and people who support him for who he is, like regardless of anything. And then I hope for Jay that she uh, stops snorting baby powder. Um, And I hope that she gets the help she needs because that shit's like actually really harmful. Um, So yeah, I just hope that she takes care of herself. Well, guys, that's about it for episode 14. Um, Thank you all so much for being here. I'm really sorry for another short episode. I I prefer to do episodes that are closer to an hour, but I know I've been putting out a couple 45-minute episodes. I promise things really have been kind of hectic in my life lately, and I do really want to talk about things more, but it's just like a lot of things are up in the air, and I'm just the type of person where I don't want to like talk about stuff until things are concrete. But I do have some stuff that's really exciting that's coming up that I really hope I can say maybe on the next podcast. Um, But until then, just thanks for bearing with me. Thanks for kind of dealing with these like last minute, unedited, maybe a little bit loopy episodes. Um, Hopefully it hasn't been too bad. My personality still shines through and that's all what you all enjoy. So thank you all so much for being here and sticking with it. If you do like this podcast, please give it a nice rating and review on Apple, Google, or Stitcher. Um, you can follow me on Facebook at Snapback to Reality Podcast or on Instagram at Snapback to Reality Pod. Send me an email at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com or you can just tell a friend about me. I'd appreciate that too. And until next time, bye!